Welcome to the Places Where We Go podcast. Hello, I'm Julie. And I'm Art. Join us as we share our travel stories. We'll tell you about where we've been, what we saw, and what we did. We're always looking for a bit of an adventure. Sometimes we travel far. Sometimes we explore the places close to our home. Wherever we go, we'll let you know about the highlights and top tips to help you plan your future adventures. This is the Places Where We Go podcast. Thanks for joining us on another episode of the Places Where We Go podcast. On our last episode in our Wyoming road trip series, we discussed some top tips about planning a trip to Yellowstone National Park Today, we're going to get into highlights of visiting this iconic national park. We think there are probably three types of people to consider when discussing Yellowstone National Park. The first person may have been there one or even more times, and we hope this discussion will bring back some memories for you and inspire you to return visit. The second person has been there, but only to see Old Faithful. And we know people in this category personally. And yes, Old Faithful is very iconic, but there is so much more to see. So we hope to inspire you to return visit. The third person, someone who has never been to Yellowstone. Of all of our national parks, you should put this one at the top of your national park bucket list. If you're interested in learning more about how to spend five days at Yellowstone National Park, you've tuned in to the right podcast. We'll be discussing Yellowstone's many incredible sites on its western side, including amazing geyser fields. We'll visit must-see stops, including Old Faithful, explore the abundance of wildlife, and share some helpful trip planning information, plus lodging options. So grab a cup of coffee or tea, as we would prefer, and let's explore the highlights in Yellowstone National Park. All right. So getting to Yellowstone, it's two and a half hours from Jackson to West Yellowstone for people who are visiting Grand Teton National Park. And that's the um, kind of the route that we took. Before we ever got to Yellowstone, we were in Grand Teton for a few days. We do have a past podcast about that. We passed the Continental Divide on our journey and then entered the wonderland that is Yellowstone National Park. Plan to drive in early into the park if you want to avoid crowded roads. And by early, we mean before 8 a.m. as there's lines to get into parking areas and they'll be much thinner if you get there in the early morning hours. We started our trip in Yellowstone on the west side of the park and planned to explore several regions of the park. So what we're going to do now is take you through about 10 highlights of the park. There are things that we did, and they're spread out throughout the park. So if if you listened to the last episode, we discussed one of the things that we did was we stayed in three different sections of the park because the place is so big. So some of these sections that we're going to talk about make more sense to visit if you stay on the west side of the park. Other parts probably make more sense if you stay more toward the central part of the park. But needless to say, lots of things to see. So, Julie, let's hit the highlights. The first thing we're going to highlight is the Grand Loop Road. This is an experience all in itself, 
and you get to dive right into the wonders of Yellowstone National Park itself by taking this drive on this Grand Loop Road. This is an iconic road that traverses through the park and offers visitors a chance to see some of its most spectacular sights. It's a great way to get around the park and to get to multiple iconic sites from Hayden Valley and Yellowstone Lake in the north to Old Faithful and Norris Geyser Basin in the south. This road takes you on an amazing journey and lets you marvel at the beauty of this park from your vehicle or there are stops along the way if you wanna just get out of your car and take a longer look. Along the way on this road, you'll also have plenty of opportunities to spot wild animals like bison, elk, and even grizzly bear right in their natural habitats. Whether you want to take a leisurely drive or stop on some of the hikes or sightseeing along the way, it is a must-do experience while visiting this amazing national park. Yeah, and one of the neat things about this road is it takes you through multiple regions of the park. It's a fairly big road. It's a huge loop. Yeah, so next we're going to highlight a couple of places that are in the northern part of Yellowstone, starting with Mammoth Hot Springs. So Mammoth Hot Springs is a unique, it's a remarkable site in the park. This geothermal feature is made up of travertine terraces and hot springs that change colors from yellow to orange to gray. The steamy water here creates a captivating landscape filled with bubbling pools and steaming fumaroles. If you visit here, you can take a leisurely stroll along the boardwalk for an up-close and personal look at this magnificent natural wonder. The Lamar Valley along the Lamar River is a place in Yellowstone that bears its nickname of an American Serengeti. The large landscape is home to populations of large animals, including wolf packs, which many people have observed. You just have to be there. It's kind of the right time at the right place. Yeah, I think wintertime is a big popular time for spotting the yeah, wolves. Yeah, they're much easier to spot in the winter because of the snow. There's herds of bison. You'll see that all over the park almost. There's pronghorn. There's, again, grizzly bears. There's badgers. And overhead, so don't forget to look up, you'll also see bald eagles and osprey. You can pull over in the many, many turnouts on the road and keep your eye open for the wildlife in the valley as you're going through this part of the park. Moving on to a few highlights in the central part of Yellowstone, we're going to move on to Hayden Valley. This is one of the most awe-inspiring locations in the Yellowstone National Park. It's centrally located in Yellowstone, and it's the place to visit if you want to see wildlife from the comfort of your car. The stunning valley is home to the same animals, Julie, you mentioned, in the Lamar Valley, bison, elk, grizzly bears, along with so much else. We, uh, we saw so much when we were driving through this valley. And there's several turnouts on the road where you can pull over, admire the beauty while your car is stopped, and probably even be prepared that even if you don't want to pull out into a turnout, you may be stopping anyways because it's fairly common for the bison to take over the road, and then you just kind of wait for them to clear the way. Yellowstone River is to the east of the roadway, and you have an opportunity for several panoramic scenic overlooks of the valley floor. It's a place where you're going to experience breathtaking views 
as you keep your eyes peeled for some of Yellowstone's iconic animals. And this is a place to bring your camera. And if you have a long lens, it's going to come in really handy in Hayden Valley. As you mentioned, in the central part of Yellowstone is also Yellowstone Lake. This lake is surrounded by stunning mountain views and lush forests. Yellowstone Lake is one of the most beautiful destinations in Yellowstone National Park. It is a place where you can take a peaceful stroll around the lake's edge and just observe the beauty of this area. Situated at 7,733 feet above sea level, this lake is the largest high elevation lake in North America. It is roughly 20 miles long and 14 miles wide and offers 141 miles of shoreline. The water here freezes completely, usually in late December, and thaws toward the end of May. It is a frigid lake year-round with average water temperatures around 41 degrees Fahrenheit. Because of this, swimming is not recommended as survival time in these type of waters is estimated to be only at around 20 to 30 minutes. Uh, most people will dip their toes in the water and realize how cold it is and uh, will not take the deep dive. Bird watchers will want to keep your eyes open for geese, duck, osprey, and other waterfowl dotting this whole shoreline. Yellowstone Lake holds the largest population of wild cutthroat trout in North America. And if anybody has ever tasted cutthroat trout, it is amazing. You've had it? Yes. Oh. When I was up north, yes, when I was up there with my aunt. I don't, I don't know if I've ever had that. So. It's amazing. Yeah, you've also had some game animal, I believe. I have, and I wasn't so pleased with it. Yeah. Somebody gave me bear. It was awful. Uh, maybe it wasn't seasoned and quite I've had, right. I've had venison. Mm. Have you? You've had venison. <gasps> oh. uh, you know what? I think you have. If I have, I was, might have been seven, eight years old or something, so yeah. distant memory. Yeah. The bear? My, my parents yeah. fed me all kinds of innards of animals yes. when I was a small child. Did you child. have calf brains? I had... I believe they were served. We had liver. We had, yeah, you know, the tripe yes. stuff. We had things that made me cry when I was a child. <laughs> Today, <laughs> I don't eat meat, so not my problem. Back to the trout. It is a puzzle to scientists to figure out how a Pacific Ocean fish became trapped in this lake, which drains to the Atlantic Ocean. The current thinking is that a long, long time ago, this lake actually did drain to the Pacific via the Snake River, and fish made their way across the Continental Divide at Two Ocean Pass. That's amazing. Yep. So it was in Oregon, and we were close to the Pacific, so it had to have been, mm. that's where, because my uncle fished. Yeah. So he brought it home one day and said what it was, and it was like, whoa. Yeah, there is nothing like freshly caught fish. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. And if there's noise in the background, our neighbor has decided that now is a good time to mow the lawn. And they so. just, he just did it. Yeah. He just mowed his lawn. I don't know. Bad timing. Yeah. But we're moving on. So for number six of our highlights in Yellowstone, we're moving on to what is called geyser country. And we're going to start here with Upper Geyser Basin. This is a really spectacular site. It's a place where you're going to find an abundance of geysers and hot springs that are spewing steamy water into the air. 
It's home to the ever-famous site of Old Faithful that erupts about every hour or so. You can stroll along boardwalks that take you through a variety of geothermal features, and you can take in the stunning views along the way. We found this area to be an otherworldly experience. It's When we were there, I'd never seen anything like what we were seeing in my life. It's definitely a place to bring your camera and be prepared to walk around the various basins and geysers and experience the diversity of these gems. Five of the largest geysers are predicted by park rangers, and all of these geysers, Castle, Daisy, Grand, Old Faithful, and Riverside geysers, are worth seeing, but it's recommended by people who really know the park well that if you can see only one, try to see Grand Geyser. It's the tallest predictable geyser in the world, erupting with 150 to 200 foot spray every four to eight hours. So that one doesn't erupt as often as Old Faithful, but when it does, it's an even more spectacular eruption. The Old Faithful geyser is perhaps uh, the most popular geyser in the park, the one that's most well-known. And it's really what you think of when you think of Yellowstone National Park. A feature that makes this particular geyser so famous is its historic punctuality. This predictable geyser erupts roughly every 92 minutes. We watched Old Faithful put on its show at least four times when we were there during our visit. Early morning seems to have the least amount of people. Later in the day, the crowd sizes surrounding the geyser grow fairly large. I mean, you get a lot of people coming to watch. You can get a viewing spot on the bleachers that surround the geyser. It's a safe way to watch one of the most violent events in nature, which was what struck me the most mm. uh, about watching this geyser, just how powerful it was, well, just sitting there watching yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, the, the whole experience of being in Yellowstone, you, you understand that you're walking on top of this en- enormous underground volcanic, Activity. Thing, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. But back to Old Faithful, where the ejected water reaches temperatures of 200 degrees Fahrenheit, and the steam can be up to 350 degrees Fahrenheit. When it erupts, a giant stream of water shoots up into the air, reaching heights of about 190 feet. It's always nice to get pictures of such a beautiful event, and it does happen quite often, but... If this is your only time that you're going to see this magnificent geyser erupt, take the time to watch it through your own eyes because there's nothing like it that I've ever seen in my life that matches that immense power that's right in front of you. And if you're looking through a camera lens, you're going to miss that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we saw so many people who are fixated on viewing the image through their cell phone yeah. and doing their cell phone shots that it just struck me like they were missing part of the experience yeah. by not watching it. Right. Yeah. And now we didn't know if these people were multi-time visitors or first-time visitors. We didn't know that. But it just, at that moment, since we were actually first-time visitors, that struck us. Mm-hmm. And uh, luckily we did get a chance to see... Old Faithful erupt a few times, yep. so that that was really nice. And it was, again, it was just a spectacular experience along with the, uh, some of the other 
smaller geysers that we saw and um, some of the other places in the park that had all these different varieties of volcanic activity that's erupting up into the earth. And uh, it is, it's just nothing that can be described adequately. You really need to go see it. Go to Yellowstone. Yeah. yeah. Also, please visit the Visitor Center. Um, it is just a wonderful source of information. There's always rangers around if you have questions. They're very, very good at answering questions. I'm sure they hear things all the time. Don't feel any question is ridiculous. It's not, but it's a good place to go and find out more about the geyser and about the area that you're traveling in. Mm -hmm. Some people kind of roll into Yellowstone on tour buses and they stop at the lodge. They see Old Faithful, they have a bit to eat, and then they're on their way out of the park. If this is your thing, and that's what you love to do, okay. Yeah, I know there's a but, lot of tour groups that, you know, the buses roll them in, they give them like their hour or so, right? Mm -hmm. See the geyser erupt, whatever, grab something, then you're on your way out. This this is like the one park that we visited that even to spend one day in Yellowstone just isn't enough, much less, you know, an hour or two just rolling in yeah. on a tour bus. You really need to spend multiple days here. Yeah. yeah. And there's things that happen when you spend multiple days there. Yes, there are. You know, just just funny stories. Funny about, things, you know. yes. So as an example, I guess, right next to Old Faithful Geyser is the Old Faithful Inn, which itself is a spectacular historic inn, amazing lot construction. It's one of the things that we wandered over to when we were in the area. We had heard about it before. We knew it had this iconic legacy history, so we had to go inside. And as we were walking up... I remember seeing the bison standing in front of the inn and because it was so close and because it wasn't moving, <laughs> for whatever reason, I thought it was a statue because often it's not uncommon when you approach like the buildings that there'll be statues of a bear or some wildlife and the damn thing <laughs> wasn't moving. Luckily, I didn't approach it, but it had fooled me yeah. That I thought it was statue, wasn't moving. And I could see somebody just walking up to it, you know, to get a photo, whatever, and be surprised as the thing like springs to life. And if you've ever seen, and their pictures are on YouTube and videos of people uh, getting too close, wait too close to the real thing, it's not anything you'd ever want to do. So if you're <laughs> by the end, and if you happen to see an animal, even if it isn't moving, be aware that it may be the real thing because it sure as heck was in our case. And again, and, and it was, and I got a little too close, I thought, because I was trying to get a picture. And that thing, it didn't make a sudden move, but its head kind of yeah. came up. Ultimately, you saw it, it move. And yeah, it's like, oh my and gosh. I just hightailed it away. Yeah. I was just like, holy yeah. moly. It did a great impression yeah. of being a statue <laughs> for a little bit. But back to the inn, if you're in the area, even if you're not staying at the inn, because it is fairly pricey and it's very hard to get a room mm -hmm. unless you reserve about a year in advance, you can still stop inside to grab a coffee or a drink, which is what we did. We took some time to relax inside. It's a wonderful place for relaxing. So do stop at Old Faithful Inn. It's a nice place to visit when you're in that area. And with that, we're going to move on to the west side of the park. In the west side of the park is Norris Geyser Basin. 
And this is a spectacular, like you said a couple of times, otherworldly experience. It's one of the largest thermal basins in the park, as well as one of the most volatile. There are boardwalks and dirt paths that let you navigate this area on foot. This basin is divided into two main sections, each with their own unique features. Porcelain Basin is the smaller of the two and can be a bit more tricky to navigate. It's not a path where you would want to bring a child that's in a stroller, for example. This basin spreads out with a fantastic quilt of natural hues from azure blues and emerald greens to sulfur yellow and iron oxide orange. There is much for the eyes to see here. In this basin, you'll find geysers, hot springs, fumaroles, and vents. The back basin area spreads out over forest and creek sections. It is the home of the most acidic geyser in the park. Bring your camera. It is unlike anything you've seen on this earth. Be prepared to walk around the various basins and geysers and experience the diversity of these beautiful gems. We spent at least two hours exploring here. Yeah. For me, Norris Geyser was probably the part of the park that blew my mind the most because I wasn't familiar with it before our visit to the park. I wasn't expecting it. It was one of these places where every every pool of water or every geyser thing that you saw looked totally different than the one next to it. And I thought that was kind of really interesting too, that one spot would be blue, one spot would be orange, another one would be this gray bubbly stuff. And everything was different. Everything was alive in its unique way and just um, very, very active yeah, spot. Phenomenal place to see. Yeah. Another very iconic place near this area is Grand Prismatic Spring. I'm sure you've seen pictures of it. It's the largest hot spring in the United States and is famous for its amazing colors. The central blue pool is surrounded by rings of color that range from red to green. The spring is spectacular in size and color. It can get very breezy here, as it was during our visit. And if you lose your hat in the wind, you're likely not going to get it back, because if it's... Don't try to get it back. Blowing away to this water, no place you're going to go. extremely important that you stay on the boardwalk. Yep. Very Um, dangerous when you're not. Many people have lost their lives falling in to the springs by just getting too close. Yep. It's just not worth it. So the the spring itself, Grand Prismatic, the boardwalks that surround the spring let you walk safely around the various pools and springs that are in the area. And from those boardwalks, you can get a really, really nice view of the spring. You can also get yourself out to an overlook that surrounds the pool. So you do have a few viewing options. The color effect in the spring is caused from pigmented bacteria and microbes that are able to survive the warm, mineral-rich waters. And depending on which bacteria are thriving best at a particular time of year, influences the colors that you see. So you can visit this pool different times of the year, and it's going to look slightly different because the bacteria within it go through different life cycles throughout the year. The middle of the pool is where water boils up from the underground. So that part of the pool is sterile and it has a bold blue color. And then as the pool radiates out, that's when you start to see the spectacular 
amount of other colors. People have counted at least 72 shades of different colors that radiate from this pool. You're gonna find Grand Prismatic Spring a bit north of the road from Old Faithful at the Midway Geyser parking area, and be aware that parking is very limited. All right, let's move on to the Lower Yellowstone River Falls. The Lower Falls are the most famous and biggest of the waterfalls in Yellowstone. Located in the northern section of Yellowstone National Park, this stunning 308-foot waterfall is said to be the second most photographed spot in the park. The attraction boasts panoramic views of the river and dramatic waterfalls cascading down from two very distinct levels. Popular views from here are Inspiration Point, Grand View Point, and Lookout Point from the east. And on the west, Artist Point is your key stop. This marquee overlook of the canyon gives an exceptional perspective of the famous waterfall. Most of the key lookout spots require just a short walk to get a good view of the falls. You can hike up to the top of the falls on a three-quarter mile round-trip trail for a truly breathtaking view. You'll see turbulent waters rush over the rocks and boulders in an impressive display of power and beauty. It is estimated that between 5,000 and 60,000 gallons of water rush over lower falls every second. This, of course, depends on the time of the year. Near this area, Grand Canyon of the Yellowstone. It's the main highlight of the central region. This canyon has been carved out over millions of years by the Yellowstone Rivers. It's about 24 miles long, and at its deepest point, descends about 1,200 feet which I can relate to because yesterday, this is totally, totally off subject, we took a hike that had just over 1,200 foot elevation and walking that up in a kind of a short area, very steep incline, and then walking down, I now know, my body knows what 1,200 feet feels like. That's a hike we can talk about on another day. Back to the Grand Canyon of the Yellowstone, you'll find two of the three major waterfalls of the Yellowstone River in this section. And there's a variety of things to see depending on the vantage point you select. From the North Rim, the key sites are Brink of the Lower Falls, Grand View, Inspiration Point, Lookout Point, and Red Rock Point. And from the North Rim, you can also hike on the Seven Mile Hole Trail. And if you are here at the South Rim, the key sites are Artist Point, Sunset Point, Uncle Tom's Trail, and Upper Falls View. So lots to see at the Grand Canyon of the Yellowstone. And with that, we're going to move on to the last thing we're going to talk about you can experience in Yellowstone, and that's hiking. Oh, there's so much hiking. There's an immense amount of hiking. But we're going to focus on the two hikes that we took. Yep. The first hike that we took was called Fairy Falls Hike. The trailhead is about five minutes drive uh, south from Fountain Paint Pots. The parking lot is just south of Midway Geyser Basin. Yeah, so this one was like not too far away from Grand Prismatic Spring, I think. It was like we kind of did it in that same yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. afternoon. So again, parking is limited, which is very common in national parks. This is uh, about a five-mile round-trip hike on the short side, or you can take the eight-mile route. It is bear country, so you, you really want to have bear spray. 
Fairy Falls is a 200-foot-high waterfall and one of the most spectacular in Yellowstone. The hike takes you through a very young lodgepole pine forest and ultimately to the falls itself. You can continue a bit further to reach spray and imperial geysers from the trail if you're willing to go another little over a mile. On the subject of hikes, one of the things that struck me is when we were hiking is on the one hand, most of the things that we've talked about so far are places where you know people drive their car, they get out, take a very short you know venture from their car to mm-hmm. see whatever the thing is. And these places are crowded with people, be it Old Faithful, be mm-hmm. it Norris Geyser, people, people, people. As soon as you get on the hiking trail, it's like most people aren't into hiking. And now you've got a whole different experience and you've got like this amazing wilderness to yourself. I mean, when we were doing the Fairy Falls hike, I mean, if we passed anybody on the trail, it was maybe two couples or something. Oh, no. Well, I mean... Pa- there was some people, but it was so few. It was yeah. so minimal. I mean, that- when we got to the falls, there was a few people there. Yeah. But like, you know, on the trail, it wasn't like packed with people. I mean, we were... No, you no, and no. I, not at all. Yeah. I mean... I just remember it was do you... Do bring mosquito spray. Though. Yeah, mosquito spray. That's and a I, must. I remember it was like you and I, and I was very alert to listening for bear or making sure the bear was listening for us because we were so alone. Yeah. So anyways, that was a spectacular hike. The end of that with the falls, that was just fantastic mm-hmm, to see. Mm-hmm. It's a place. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's you get really close beautiful. to the falls and you get sprayed, which mm-hmm. is a neat experience. And on another day, we took another hike, the DeLacy Creek Trail hike. So this one, again, it was another one that it just felt like we had this section to ourselves. Yes, that seemed very, very, you seemed so isolated. Yeah. So the Lacey Creek Trail hike took us on a narrow trail through a green forest. When we were there, it was June. There were still patches of snow on parts of the ground. And this, again, because we were so alone, I had my eyes open and my, my ears perked for bear. Along the way, there were beautiful wildflowers along an open meadow, and it was just nice to have the solitude to ourselves. We may be passed by two other sets of hikers in the several hours that we were on this hike. This hike culminates at Shoshone Lake, which is the largest backcountry lake in Yellowstone. And during the hike, you can watch for sandhill cranes, moose near the lake shore, and water birds near the lake. It's nice and peaceful, And if you want to get away from the crowds and get some solitude, doing a hike like this is highly recommended. We spent probably close to four to five hours when we did this particular hike. Yeah, yeah. We and we stayed at the lake for a little bit too. Mm -hmm. So it was it was just very was quiet. You know, all you heard was the water lapping up against the shore and birds and you know, it was just it was beautiful. Yeah. So with those highlights I still feel like, you know, even with the five days we spent in Yellowstone and saw all these things that we described, it still feels like we scratched the surface. So it's a park where you can spend weeks and weeks and probably see new things continuously because it's so big. And with that, Julie, how about we dive into a few fun facts about Yellowstone? Okay, let's do that. Where did Yellowstone get its name? Some people believe the park got its name from the vivid yellow colors seen at the Grand Canyon of the Yellowstone. However, Yellowstone got its name from Native Americans 
who referred to the yellow sandstone along the Yellowstone River. Yellowstone has the largest concentration of mammals in the lower 48 states. Estimates place at least 67 different mammals as living in the park, including bison, grizzly bears, elk, moose, wolves, and so much more. And it's the only place in the United States where bison have continuously lived since prehistoric times. Yellowstone is situated over a super volcano. The super volcano is estimated to have had three major eruptions, the first roughly 2.1 million years ago. It is an active geothermal area capable of magnitude 8 eruptions, and it is an active earthquake area experiencing between 700 to 3,000 earthquakes every year although most of those are way too small for us to feel. Half of the world's hydrothermal features are found at Yellowstone. From hot springs to geysers, there's more than 10,000 identified hydrothermal features in the park. As I had mentioned earlier, be careful where you swim or what waters you decide to dip into. Because many of the hot springs in the park are so hot and acidic that they can dissolve a human body in a single day. And unfortunately, this has happened. So don't let it happen to you. Yes. Yeah. So Yellowstone, an absolutely mind-blowing place to visit. That's going to complete our Yellowstone part of our Wyoming visit. We hope after listening to the couple of episodes we've done on Yellowstone that you feel inspired and ready to take on your own adventure in the great outdoors. It's a wonderful place for viewing wildlife and getting a deeper understanding of the nation's history with the great outdoors and the national park system. Remember, though, if you do plan a visit, make your plans for up to one year in advance. We hope you do visit this park, and you'll be sure to enjoy every moment of your time at Yellowstone. If you get to Yellowstone or other sites in Wyoming after listening to this podcast series, we'd love to hear from you. So drop us a note at comments at theplaceswherewego.com. And as always, if you're not subscribing to us yet, take a minute to subscribe in any Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any favorite source for podcasts, and catch up on our future episodes. And we would really appreciate it if you left us a review. You can also subscribe to our travel stories and information on our website, theplaceswherewego.com. And on our next episode, we're going to hop in the car, drive east of Yellowstone along the north section of Wyoming towards Devil's Tower. We hope you join us on our next episode as we continue our epic Wyoming journey through the America's Cowboy State. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. Until next time, happy travels, and we hope to see you at the places where we go. Bye for now. If you have any comments or information to share with us about travel, you can write to us at comments at theplaceswherewego.com. You can also follow us on social media. We're on Instagram as The Places Where We Go. You can find us on Twitter as The Places Where One the number one and you can watch our travel adventures on youtube where our channel name is the places where we go thanks for joining us and we hope to see you at the places where we go see you next time bye now